So this, this is old scratch. Look at the camera. You're not gonna look at the camera, are you? Hey. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he wants to get down. He's not a lap cat. Um, for anyone who doesn't know the story of Scratch there, he uh, showed up one day and decided he lived here. But I know everyone loves pictures of him. So there you go. There was Scratch. Um, I'm doing this video on my birthday. Uh, I did one last year around the same time. I meant to do some follow-ups after that and never got around to it. Because my life just tends to be stupid. Um, and even tonight, I'm absolutely exhausted, but I really wanted to do this. Um, and just talk about some of the stuff coming up. So, uh, yeah, so that was, that was Scratch. Scratch showed up in the spring. I did not want another cat. I uh, still don't really want another cat. I mean, I like, I like him. He's awesome. Uh, he was very, very friendly, likes everybody, wants to be pet more than, than even eating, which I find odd, but he will take pets over food. He's a cool cat, but I'm not over the other two. And uh, losing the other two really did a number on me, so, like, he, he kind of just lives here and follows me around, which is fine. I'm not particularly complaining about it. Very well behaved. I don't have to lock everything away like I did with the other two because I was worried they would get into things. He doesn't really jump up on stuff. Vet thinks he's about nine years old. Not really sure what happened to him prior to being here. He uh, has his ear clipped, as many people have noticed. And the vet said they do that in catch and release programs where they take strays and they, uh, they will neuter them and they'll clip their ears so people know they're, they're fixed. So that is, uh, that is that. After that, I mean, he must have been spoiled rotten, and whatever happened, he, his home disappeared, or he got out and got lost. I have no idea. We asked around. Nobody had any idea uh, who he belonged to, so uh, he lives here now. Uh, so, uh, A, I want to thank everyone who helped when, when we found him to pay for the vet bills and stuff, because I could not afford it. And uh, we got everything covered for the initial initial batch of getting everything. Because I gave away all the cat stuff. I had no plans on getting another cat. At least not anytime soon. And, uh, yeah, I guess the universe makes those decisions for you. Kind of looks like a lion. I also don't call him Scratch. I don't ever call him Scratch. He's just Kitty. That's what I talk to him as outside before we let him in. And he responds to it. So, yeah, he's, he's just Kitty. Ah, so, um, there's not going to be any paranormal stuff really in here. Uh, this is just personal stuff for anyone who's interested in what's going on and what's coming up with where the road go and stuff. Um, so first of all, there are two appearances, uh, Albatwitch and, uh, Strange Realities. I will be in person at Albatwitch and Albatwitch Day will be Saturday, October 8th, October 8th keep wanting to say the ninth. It's October 8th. It's down in uh, Columbia, Pennsylvania. I've been there three times, I think, now. Uh, Tim Renner will be speaking uh, probably in the afternoon. It starts like 11 a.m. It goes to 5 or something like that. You can just Google Alpha Twitch Day 2022. Um, Octavian should be there. I believe Chris Ernst may be stopping in, uh, but uh, if you uh, are going... Come find me. I'm not talking or anything. I'll just be hanging out. 
probably around Tim more or less, uh, maybe checking out some of the bands they usually have play there. It's, it's a nice time and uh, well worth checking out if you're in the area. Uh, the other one is Strange Realities, and uh, Strange Realities goes from the 14th, I believe, yes, uh, October 14th to 16th. There is a, if you go to strangerealities.com, I think it's strangerealities.com, you can get all the info. Uh, you can go there in person in Nashville. I will not be at this one in person, but I will be uh, there virtually. Uh, there's a lot of people who will be in person, so uh, it's a really good list of people. And most of the virtual presentations will be on Sunday. Uh, the price is really good. Uh, and if you get the virtual package, you can watch everything happen, and you have access to that Facebook. I think either way, you have access to the Facebook page that has everyone's presentation. So if you miss anything, you can go back and watch it later. Um, I will be there... Basically with Chris Ernst. Chris, Chris will be there in person. He has made a documentary about me and Where Did the Road Go? Uh, it's really good. Um, I'm very self-conscious. I don't do a lot of videos and stuff. Uh, but it's, it's really good. He's a really good filmmaker. And I was impressed that I didn't annoy myself when I watched it. Um, so it's uh, that will be debuted at Strange Realities. Now if you're a patron... Pa Patreon, Patreon. I will. Uh, I'll be putting up for Patreons once he has a a final version of it, and I guess he's going to enter it into some film festivals. But the debut will be at Strange Realities, and afterwards, Chris and I will do a Q and A. So uh, that will be Friday night. It'll be the last thing on Friday, and uh, yeah, check check that out. Uh, it's definitely a cool conference. Sooner or later, I'll get there in person. So as I said. Uh, yeah, it's my birthday, which I don't... I've never uh, paid a lot of attention to. I guess because nobody else ever did. Uh, you know, when I was a little kid, sure, but uh, growing up, my parents never really made a big deal about my birthday. Uh, so I just stopped mentioning it to people, and then people get upset because I don't tell them when my birthday is. Uh, if, uh, if you want to send me anything, I would totally appreciate it. Um... People sent me some awesome stuff last year, and I feel terrible because I didn't get to thank all of them. I meant to do a video showing everything and thanking everyone, and life got in the way, and I never got around to doing that video, and I got some pretty nice stuff from people. Uh, but what I have done, not just for this, but in general, uh, I've got a public P.O. box, so I can give that address out publicly. If you want to send me anything, you can do so uh, at P.O. Box 444, Ovid, New York, one four five two one. That'll be in the info as well, and it'll be on the web page when I get a chance to update it. Um, I went in and I specifically asked for a triple digit, and uh, the woman there's like, "Okay," and she comes back and she's like, "How's four four four?" And I said, "Oh, that's great. I like fours. Fours are a good foundational number." And afterwards, I had to go see a computer customer, and so I drove to this person's house. And I got there, and I turned off the car, and I looked down at the clock, and it was 4.44. Not a big synchronicity, but it amused me. Um, made me feel like, okay, that was something I should have done. So there you go. If you want to send me anything, where did the road go? P.O. Box 444, Ovid, New York, 14521. As I said, it'll be in the info below as well. I'll also throw in my Amazon wish list, even though I can't technically use my Amazon account. I think the wish list still works. And that... <laughs> That came about because uh, at the beginning of last year, 
I used, uh, I had two bank accounts saved. And I didn't know, it, what happened at one point is my bank back in 2013 was bought out by another bank. And they said, keep using the old bank, you know, info. And then they changed it at some point and didn't tell us. So I had bought stuff on Amazon. It bounced back. Their com the company they used for recovery is uh, TRS Recovery Services. Their emails look like spam. Absolutely look like spam. And uh, back then I got it, thought it was spam, chucked it, and eventually realized I couldn't use my Amazon account, put all the pieces together, and went, oh, okay. They changed the bank account routing numbers and stuff, and they never told anyone. So I put the new stuff in. Well, when I went to, I don't know why I used the bank account back in January, uh, but for whatever reason, I decided I'll just use the bank account on this purchase. And I have two bank accounts sitting there, and they're exactly the same. Uh, and I, could, cause I couldn't see the routing number, just the name of the bank and the, the account. Now, everything looked the same. And I went, well, I'll pick this one. And if it's not the right one, it's, it's not going to go through. I mean, that, that changed forever ago. Well, it took a few days for it not to go through. And then they, they, I got the same thing. I got that TRS notice, thought it was junk, deleted it. And then uh, I tried to order something, and then it immediately got another TRS notice and went, wait, is this real? And so I compared everything, and I'm like, oh, this is real. Oh, I know what happened. I remember this. So I, uh, I called them up. And I paid them what I owed them, and they were like, okay, great, everything will be unlocked tomorrow. No. No, and it kept not being unlocked. I kept calling them, and they kept saying, nope, everything's great. Uh, you don't owe us anything. And I had to go to Telecheck, I had to go to TRS, I had to go to Amazon, and nobody could unlock my account, and nobody knew why. Eventually, this girl finds out at TRS, she did a little bit of research, and she goes, oh, there's a $20 fee from 2013 that never got paid. That's what's triggering all of this. Now, mind you, if I never used my bank account, if I just used my bank card, again, I, I don't know why I did this to myself. Um, so the fee, $20 fee from 2013. And I said, all right, well, I can pay that. It's 20 bucks, no big deal. So then she's like, well, I can't, I can't access it. It's on a... It's on a server I don't have access to. Okay, so what do I do? And she goes, you got to send a check. Or first she told me to go online. That didn't work. Then she said, send a check. And so I sent a check. About six weeks later, they send the check back to me, saying that the check is no good, uh, which was not true. So I call them again and get someone who said, oh, try a money order. Okay, fine. I try a money order. Nothing. It just disappears. And then I wasn't able to track it in the money order system through the USPS for whatever reason. Uh, and just recently, just like maybe a couple of weeks ago, just before I got the P.O. box, I, uh, I decided to try it again, and it says it's cashed. I have no idea if I can access my Amazon account. It's probably still locked. Well, I know it's still locked. But now I don't know if, like, I call them, if that will all be cleared up and someone can actually let me use my Amazon account. I've mostly just been using Newegg, which is what I was using before I started getting, uh, started using Amazon. Um, and the only reason I changed from Newegg to Amazon is because Newegg got rid of their program that was sort of like Amazon Prime. They just, uh, did away with it and they were going to replace it with something better. Never happened. And, uh, I liked that quick shipping and stuff, especially for computer parts. 
And so I had to go to Amazon because I needed the stuff quick. And then this happened. So I'm back to Newegg for the most part. But sometimes you need to get stuff on Amazon. So that's fun. Uh, I will put up my Amazon, uh, Amazon wish list. Words are hard sometimes. So, um, yeah, I got a list here so I don't forget some of this stuff. Uh, so that's the Amazon story. And I do want to thank everyone who sent me stuff last year. It is very much appreciated. Although I really haven't gotten to read any of the books. Uh, since I had COVID the first time, my concentration has been wiped. It is terrible. Uh, I have a hard time reading and it's frustrating as hell to me. I could go through a 300-page book in two or three days easily before. And now I'm lucky if I can get through a chapter in one sitting. Uh, trying to focus on it, trying to meditate, and, and that's also difficult. It's like my mind just wanders and this did not happen prior to COVID. Uh, I'm not exhausted anymore. I've had COVID three times now, for sure three times now. Uh, the first time prior to lockdown, which was by far the worst. Uh, the second time last year and then this year at the end of uh, August. August has sucked in the last four years. Four years ago is when uh, we got flooded and my mom passed away two weeks later, and that was all in August. Actually, my dad died in August, too. Uh, so, yeah, August sucks, and it has continued to suck every year since. Um, in the beginning of August this year, or literally August 1st, I got a uh, letter from the IRS telling me I owed them money. Uh, they never, I never got all my surplus checks, the, the stimulus checks that were sent out. I got one of the three. So my accountant said, well, we just claim it. And uh, why, why am I getting this in August? Well, a few years ago, somebody filed taxes under my social security number with a big rebate on it. So they contacted me. They said, is this you? And I said, nope, I paid you money. I did not get a rebate. And so they said, okay, you can't file taxes electronically anymore. Great. So now they're understaffed and behind and telling everyone to file their taxes electronically, and I can't do that. So it took till uh, July for them even to look at them. And then they sent me a thing saying I got my surplus checks, which I did not. So that's, that's ongoing. That was the 1st of August. So here I am expecting actually a little money back for the first time in years, because being self-employed, that I don't pay money into my income tax. I just pay income tax when it comes due. So I was, I was nicely surprised when I saw I was going to get just a little bit of money back thanks to those stimulus checks, and then this happened. And on the same day, I had purchased uh, a few COVID tests uh, because I was around someone who ended up with COVID the next day. And uh, the uh, uh, insurance company said... Yeah, we'll reimburse you. Just send us this info. So I filled out the form and I sent them the info and they denied it for no particular reason. Also on August 1st, I'm like, well, there's a nice little kick. I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but it was still a nice little kick afterwards uh, in August. So yeah, in August, I ended up getting COVID. Not that time, not because you know those tests were in like June or July. Um, but yeah, I got COVID, had to cancel a bunch of stuff, uh, had to cancel one of the bands we had coming into play. I had a big weekend planned and had to cancel everything. And there's something about COVID. Like, it started out as a very dry, sore throat when I was waking up. And I'm thinking, huh, well, it's probably just allergies. It doesn't, it better not be COVID. 
And for a few days, that's all it was. Anytime I, I ate or drank anything, it was fine. Like, it would go away completely. It just felt like a dry, itch, you know, kind of scratchy throat like allergies tend to do. And then one day I felt not good. And there's something about COVID. The only way I can describe it is it, it feels like something's wrong. And I stopped and I went, oh, I have COVID. And then it got worse. And then the sore throat got much, much worse. It was still nothing like the first time. Um, it lasted a few days and then it went away. And the scratchiness remained for a little bit, but it wasn't anything too bad. But uh, enough to cancel a bunch of plans that I really didn't want to cancel. So uh, that's, that's, that's in part of that. I uh, also found out the transmission in my car is going. Uh, I do have a second car, luckily, because I got a really good deal on it. That was a whole other game of, uh, I got the car. Both, both these cars I bought from relatives of my mechanic, who's a really cool guy. Uh, and he knew the car, so he was, you know, the, the one that transmission's going on is a 2002 Impala. It was his brother's. Uh, he drove to Michigan all the time, I guess, and, uh, it has been the most reliable car I've ever had. And I got that from about five years ago. It's at least five years ago. And it's just, it's been a fantastic car. His brother knew I needed a car, so he sold it to me cheap. Um, and let me pay like every month on it. And it had a newer engine in it. And uh, it has some electrical quirks, which I'm sure I made worse. But uh, overall, it's been super reliable. I mean, every time I've gone down to see Tim and PA, that's the car I've driven. And it just, it's been Mr. Reliable. And... Uh, now the transmission's starting to go, and so he was like, he looked at it, and he said, yeah, it's not worth fixing, because it's going to be like 1500 for a transmission. And I said, cool, what's what's a good used car going to cost me? And he paused, it went more than 1500 I'm like, okay, so when the transmission finally does go, maybe we look into replacing it, even though it's a 2002. The engine's actually newer than the car. Uh, his brother had replaced the engine, too, so we'll see. But he had sold me another one. Uh, very cheap for uh, that was his sister's and initially it's a little compact car standard great gas mileage I used every cent I had to buy it because it seemed like such a good deal and then I'm going up hills in like uh, Ithaca and stuff and it starts losing power and billowing like blue white smoke and I'm freaking thinking I blew the engine and I bring it to him and he looks everything up and it drove home fine that was the thing it drove home fine I drove it to Rochester the next day, drove fine. So I was like, okay, weird fluke. We couldn't figure out why it would not continue to do it. Going up the same hill in Ithaca, it's this long hill. And uh, same spot. Starts losing power and blowing white smoke. But this time it's worse. It's blue-white smoke. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. And then it started doing it on smaller hills. And finally he found out it was just a bad gasket that when it got too much pressure on it, it was pouring oil, I guess, into the spark plugs or something like that. Uh, since that's been fixed, it's been good. So I'm hoping it stays that way. Because it does, does get 30 to 40 miles on a gallon because it's standard and it's a compact. It's very light. Uh, and a deer ran into it. Yeah, that was, that was about a couple of weeks ago. Driving back from Ithaca and the thing just plowed right into the side of it. Small deer. Uh, luckily, I guess, because uh, it just left a small dent in the door under the handle. Not something I'm particularly worried about. Uh, but a few seconds earlier, and I would have hit that deer, and it could have totaled the car. It was big enough that it could have totaled the car. So deer around here are not fun. 
and there's a lot of them. But uh, yeah, it's there's certain areas you get to know have more deer than others. That's uh, that was one of them actually. So I probably should have been paying better attention, but it just kind of came out of the side. Uh, if it had come out sooner, I probably would have been able to slow down. Oh, let's see. What other fun things have happened this year? Oh, there's the mothballs. This is important. So, um, for anyone who doesn't know, we don't really talk about it. Uh, Natalie, who's been on the show a few times, uh, she actually lives upstairs because she needed some place to stay. And I have a huge house, so I let her have the upstairs uh, kind of indefinitely until she gets on her feet. And... Uh, this has worked out great. Uh, so, I mean, literally, there are days sometimes I don't even see her. Uh, so it's not like I'm... It's not like I have a roommate sometimes, but at the same time, I have someone who is on the other side of the house and can let me know if things are wrong. One of the, the only This is a very big house. It's an old farmhouse. And when I was living here by myself, my, my concern, my only real concern was, like, the house could be on fire on the other side, and I wouldn't even know. Uh, until half the house burned down. So having someone on the other side of the house upstairs is very helpful because I hardly ever went up there. And uh, there's squirrels in the attic, among other things. This is not shocking, uh, not surprising, but they were starting to do a lot of damage. So uh, I have a friend, a very good friend, and uh, he has saved my life in the carpentry electrical sense so many times. Work that would probably have cost me more money than I make in years, he's done for free. And I help him with other stuff because he's not particularly computer literate and stuff. And uh, it works out nicely. So he was like, well, what's the, the problem with my attics because it's an old farm? I don't Actually, I don't know. It may not even be because it's an old farmhouse. But I could fit about uh, from my shoulder to about here through the hole in the attic. I don't know, maybe the people who built it were very small framed. <laughs> um, like Natalie could get up there, Natalie's much smaller, uh, but myself and my friend, we couldn't get up there. There was no way to get into the actual attic. We could sort of get up and look around, and that was about it. We need to actually get up there and see if we could close things up. So uh, he built a large opening, and very, he's a fantastic carpenter, and he built this large opening, and now we're able to get up into the attic. And so we went up there and he couldn't get to the holes where they were coming in. We got to get them to that from the outside, which we still haven't been able to do because they're very, very high up and not easy to get to. So that's something we got to do before winter. Um, but anyway, we're, we're trying to figure out how do we keep the squirrels out? You know, they're chewing on wires and stuff. They're, they're a hazard. And uh, he's talking to his dad on the phone. And his dad says, use mothballs. And I'm like, mothballs? And so his dad's like, yeah, mothballs, they hate mothballs. So put mothballs up there, they won't go in your attic. Okay, I Google it. Tons of articles about using mothballs to keep rodents away. So we run to Walmart, we buy a big box of mothballs. And he goes up there and he throws them all over the attic. And they came in little pouches. We couldn't have left them in the pouches. No, because we wanted to get them everywhere. So he threw them all over the place. And, uh... And he went home. This was the end of the night. He went home and stuff. Um, about 6.30 in the morning, Natalie calls me and says, I think there's something wrong. 
she thought she was having a stroke, turned out to be the mothballs. Here's the fun thing we learned about mothballs. Mothballs are a neurotoxin. They are incredibly dangerous. They are illegal in many countries, not counting this one. Uh, they, so that smell, you smell that mothball smell, is literally a neurotoxin that will essentially explode your red blood cells. And those, those remnants of those red blood cells then collect in like your liver and your kidneys and, and stuff like that and will cause organ failure eventually. Uh, and these are still being sold. And of course, you know, I think everyone's grandma used mothballs on everything. And uh, yeah, we had no idea. But she was seriously, seriously sick. And uh, I had to call Rob at like 7 in the morning and say, hey, you want to go up and get all those mothballs? He was thrilled. Uh, and we got a bunch of them. But some of them went down at the walls. So over time, it took months, but over time we were able to find enough of them that that it fixed the problem. But we had to cut open walls. Uh, we just... It was horrible. I mean, and once, we, once I realized before I had even called my friend Rob, I'm just sitting there going... How are we going to fix this? You know, they're down in the walls. How are we going to find them? We did it. But, uh, yeah. It was not easy and uh, not fun. So, as a warning to people, it's not that insects or, or uh, rodents dislike the smell of mothballs. It kills them. It also kills cats. So if you're using mothballs, especially outside, because some people throw them around the outside of their house, they will kill cats very, very fast. Uh, you can look all this stuff up. We did. It was horrifying. And, uh, yeah, so, right, don't, don't use mothballs. Absolutely do not use mothballs. We learned that the hard way. We found other people online who also learned that the hard way. So, yeah, the mothball thing was terrible um let's see what else has happened in the last year uh, oh i sprained my ankle that was that's recent um right before i went to see dri in buffalo and uh i had gone out to get the mail and my bridge it's uh it's been there i don't know my dad built it so sometime in the 80s it's the the wood is covered in moss or not moss but like black mold and stuff in the wood like it's black you can see it's black and i never really looked at it but i do know that when it gets wet especially a certain degree of wetness it's slicker than ice and my steps do the same thing and i've fallen down the steps numerous times because you know it'll be the middle of august it's 90 degrees but raining out and i'll step out and just boom, right off the steps uh, the bridge I fell on once, and, but that was also right after it got flooded, and it was kind of at an angle, and uh, that sucked. Uh, but this time, I very carefully penguin walked across the bridge, because I know it's icy. Well, not icy, but slippery. Um, holding onto the railing, and I've done this a hundred times, and I get to the end of the bridge, and I turn to face the mailbox, and my right foot slides right off the bridge, just far enough to be at an angle that when it hits the road which is you know maybe an inch down it turns under and so it twisted my ankle completely under i came down on my other knee luckily so most of my weight was on that twisted it completely under and i just heard a pop and i watched it happen and i just said oh damn it please tell me i did not break my ankle 
And a lot of people have said, well, sprains are worse. I'm like, that's fine. I don't want to have to go to the hospital to get my ankle fixed. Uh, so I got back up on it and I was like, okay, I could stand on it. It's probably not broken. Um, my car at the time, the, the compact, uh, was uh, at the uh, at my mechanics getting an oil change. So 20 minutes later, he brings the car over and I have to drive him back. And I'm like, well, let's let's see if I can drive a standard with this. I mean, it's my right ankle, but, you know, I need both feet. So there's really, let's find out how this is going to go. But it didn't hurt to drive. It did hurt to get in and out of the car. Hurt a little bit to walk and a lot to go up and down stairs. So uh, I went to DRI, uh, mostly because I wanted to hang out with a friend of mine I hardly ever see, and he really wanted to go to that show. And they were great, so I have no real complaints about it. Got there late, though, because of the whole ankle business. And uh, it's still still hurting. Uh, it does not, it's not even swollen anymore. It's really the ball of the ankle and, like, maybe an inch above it. And, uh, yeah, could have been way, way worse. And that happened in September. I was kind of, I kind of felt betrayed, you know. It seems like something that should have happened in August. But uh, now I'm limping around still and uh, saying, oh, a lot. Sorry about that. But yeah, so that that was my most recent fun. Uh, so so much stuff has happened. That's, that's just the tip of it, really. Um, we built uh, in good good things. We built a, uh, a performance studio that we've put together last year for bands to play in since the radio station wasn't opening up anytime soon. Uh, we, we had taken the back part of what used to be my computer shop. I moved the computer stuff in here for the most part and uh, so we took that and the back part of it we raised money and we put together and put all these lights up and stuff. You can go if you want to see what it looks like. Um, there's there's tons of bands we've had play now uh, in the last couple of years in there at thelastexit.org. There's a performance YouTube channel with all that stuff on it if you like metal. So we did that, and then this year uh, we had a couple weeks where we had no bands. And we ripped, actually, right around the time I had COVID we were doing this. And that was the other thing. I was out there working thinking, oh, my throat keeps being scratchy. It's probably all the dust. There was an office uh, in the side and we knocked down that wall. My friend Rob and I did this. We knocked down the wall and I uh, set that up as a sort of a room for people to sit in when bands bring people with them, or roadies, friends, girlfriends, wives, whatever, uh, boyfriends, husbands, etc. And so now they have somewhere to sit because they didn't really have anywhere before. And it's spaced out more and it looks beautiful and I'm really happy with it. And uh, the last two bands we shot there, I'm really, really happy with the way that looks now. Uh, my sound guy, Nathan, is slowly building a actual sound booth for himself. Right now, he runs a very long cable all the way into the house and does all the audio from the dining room, which in a way is great because it's very uh, isolated. Uh, so he's not getting any, he's not hearing the band at all. So we're hoping if we soundproof that room right, um, and that's all up to him. But uh, if you like metal, we have a lot of really cool bands on. And actually, we had one, the last band we had play, Fox 45. Um, really like them. They're kind of a doomer, doomy stoner band, Sabbathy with some other elements mixed in. And uh, there's a lot of Amish around here. And they're playing, and you can hear them outside the building. I mean, they were loud. And there's an Amish couple that now walk there child in a stroller up and down the street and I happened to come out both times when they were going what 
and when they were coming back, and they're just staring at the building the whole time as they're walking by, and I'm like, really want to know what's going through their head right now. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's working out nicely. I'm happy with it. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff uh, that's happened that I haven't really talked about. But that's all that comes to mind for right now. So I want to thank everyone, first of all, for all the happy birthday wishes. Uh, as I said, I'm going to put uh, the, the Amazon wish list on here. If you want to send me something, cool. I will be very appreciative of it. If you want to send me something else, I mean, people have sent me uh, artwork and, and all kinds of neat little things over the years, but they always have to get my address and stuff. So now you have the P.O. Box, P.O. Box 444, over to New York, 14521. Again, that will be down in the info. Um, if you just want to donate to the show, I can definitely use some money right, in that, right about now. It's, it's nothing drastic, but I am very much behind. In August, August really did me in, uh, because things just kept going bad. Um, and now I'm now I'm kind of in a hole, and I'd like to get out of it. So if you if you want to donate for my some money for my birthday, or donate just to help out the show, you know there's PayPal links, there's uh, Cash App, there's Venmo. And if you don't, that's also totally cool. I appreciate you watching this far in this video. I hope this was worth your time. I think I will do another. I say this, and let's see if it happens. But we I have a bunch of paranormal stuff that's happened that I want to put the videos up of. And I haven't, sh I don't think I've shared all of it. Some of it I know I've put up in different places. Uh, but there's there's a couple weird things we've caught on camera and stuff, and I'd like to put those up and maybe do a video just talking about that. Maybe do a little more video stuff. We'll see. Um, again, I will be at Albatwitch, so if you want to come out and hang out and talk to me, come out to Albatwitch. And uh, definitely consider also, you know, strange realities. Even if you don't go out, do the virtual thing. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy Chris's documentary on me, which I'm not even totally sure he's done shooting. I think he was going to come up one more time, but I haven't talked to him about it. And, uh, yeah, and Scratch has a home. So uh, I know everyone likes cat pictures, and they kind of rule the universe at this point um yeah also the music show again thelastexit.org been doing it over 28 years if you like heavy music check it out there's a mixcloud account uh if you go to thelastexit.org there's a mixcloud account that will allow you to listen and stream with an app all the shows that i've put up there anything beyond like two or three years ago a lot of it is on the website you can just go through and flip through it and listen to shows uh, the earliest show was from 1996. It was me and my friend Sloth, and uh, it was around Christmas, I think. I think it was like December 26th or something, 1996. And it was the earliest one I have a full show of. And there's a few other ones, like from 97 and 2000 and stuff. Like the last show we did in the original building, I think it was up there. Um, yeah, I mean, we're <sighs> music show means a lot to me, and it always has, because I've always wanted to uh, present music you're not hearing elsewhere and that was that was always my big thing about wanting to get into radio i did a zine before that and it was always about taking the music you're not hearing elsewhere and giving it some some airing um i spent a lot of time 
curating what I'm going to play every week and finding both new and old stuff to kind of mix together and present to people, you're not going to hear big name bands. I mean, every once in a while you might hear something like Arch Enemy or even the new Megadeth because it was good. I think I played it once. But I mean, for the most part, you're going to hear stuff you're not going to hear most places. And in some cases, not anywhere because I have a lot of obscure stuff and I want to share it with people. So if you like heavy music, consider giving it a shot. Um, also, you know, we have merch. We have merch for The Last Exit uh, that Tim Renner did. That's at thelastexit.org. We got, you know, merch. This is Tim's design for Where Did the Road Go? Um, and there's there's two designs he did and two the late Jeff Ritzman did. Uh, again, wheredidtheroadgo.com has the merch links. And I know people want them on other things. They're on TeePublic. They were on something else, I forget the name of it, but I didn't like the way they, they did things because it kind of tended to screw me over sometimes. I'm going to try and get them on Redbubble. I'm also looking to add uh, something else other than Patreon. I know people sometimes have an issue with Patreon, and that's fine. Uh, so both as a backup in case something happens to Patreon, and for people who don't want to use Patreon... I think Subscribestar is the one that, uh, I think I already set up an account. I just haven't put stuff up on it yet. Uh, so there will be an alternative to Patreon in case you're not into Patreon. If you want to help the show, being a Patreon is a great way to do it. And uh, it's only $3 a month. And I do try to give people content all week long, or all week, all month long. And uh, the film that Chris did will be available to Patreons once he has a finalized version. He's going to put it up for some film festivals. So it won't be available right away for most people, but if you're a Patreon, you will be able to watch it. Uh, if you didn't go to Strange Realities, or, or if you did, doesn't really matter. You'll still be able to watch it if you're a Patreon. Um, books. Um, still working on the autobiography. Have made a significant amount of progress, uh, enough so that I've let a couple of people read what I have, and they've come back with nothing but positive comments. So... It's encouraging me to get this thing done. It's going to probably be two volumes. I think I'm going to end around 2001, and that'll be this that I'm working on now. And then if people care, and it does well enough, I'll do the second part from 2001 to the present. It's just there's so much. There's so much stuff to go into these books that I just, I don't, um, I can't, I don't think I can put it in one volume. And it's going to take a lot longer if I do it all the way to the present. So I feel like if I break it in two, you'll get something sooner. And it's going to be decent length, so it's not its not like you're going to get a 100-page book. It's probably going to be in the 300-page range. I hope not too much longer than that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, my friend Matt Festa was, has offered to do artwork for it. Matt's stuff is great. Uh, his stuff is at Tiamat's Garden, uh, I believe is what you Google. And, uh, yeah, it's some really cool, cool artwork. So once I actually give him an idea of what I want and a title for the book which I do not have. Uh, we'll see. I'm also working on that new theories book, which is kind of culminating in different ways of looking at all this different paranormal phenomena. People who listen to the show regularly will, I mean, it'll be, you'll have heard a lot of it already, but it's just collated in a different way. Not just ideas I have, but ideas that other people have had as well. All kind of put together, not not sort of a uh, grand unifying theory or anything, but literally like there's eight different ways to look at this, and there's eight different ways to look at this, and here are the things that connect, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have that done sooner rather than later. But uh, I don't I don't know if anyone wants to help do research, let me know, uh, because that's one of the things that's stopping me. I want to make sure everything's researched well, 
and it's just a, a time factor. Beyond that, looking to continue doing the short shows for Where Did the Road Go? Um, people seem to be liking them, so we'll just take, you know, something in the news, and instead of waiting weeks and then doing a big roundtable, uh, we'll do a short 10 or 20 minute thing. It's hard for us to do 10 minute things, it really is. I may do some of them myself just to get them out there, and then later on down the road we can, we can do a full show. Um, just to add a little bit more content, uh, I wish I could do two full shows every week, but it's not, it's not happening at the moment. I'm trying. I'm trying to do some extra stuff. There's some cool stuff coming up. There's a video with the, the Snake Brothers that we did that I hope everyone's going to really enjoy. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe we'll do some stuff at Albatwitch as well. The other thing you can do to help the show, uh, spread the word. Give us good ratings on whatever you're listening to it on. Um, you know, that way it gets out there to more people, and the more people, the better. I think we are slowly affecting the way uh, the mainstream looks at the paranormal. Um, presenting this stuff in a d different way uh, than it has been for so many years. And, you know, then you have books like Where the Footprints End from Josh and, and Tim and stuff like that. And I think all of this is... You know, all of our shows and Conspiracy Normal and Strange Familiars and uh, uh, Brothers of the Serpent and, and all of it, all of these shows together are slowly turning that tide of like the pop mainstream paranormal view. And that's kind of what I want to do. I, wanna, I also want to make sure that people that have these experiences know they're not alone and they're not crazy. Well, they're probably not crazy. Um, you know, I mean, your perception of reality is your perception of reality, so. But, uh, as I've said before, these things go back across culture, across time. So, it's a human experience, if nothing else. It is not unique to our culture, and so it's, it's something real. It's just a matter of what it is, and understanding what that is, and trying to interact with it in any way we can. So this is much longer than I expected it to be. Again, I thank you if you've stayed to the end, um, and hopefully I'll see some of you out there, and keep listening. Thank you all.